Hi, I'm Dr. Vivian Lowe, and you're on VLMD Rounds, a podcast on medical science and tools to optimize your health. Last week, I spoke about menopause and fat. And this week, to follow up, I am going to be talking about estrogens and fat in men. Right, we've all heard about the health benefits of testosterone in men, and I think many times we kind of neglect the effects of estrogen. Now, since both sexes, men and women, have estrogen and testosterone, this episode also pertains to women, right? And my previous episode on menopause and fat that one, even though it seemed to be addressed to women, it also pertains to men because really uh, we're looking at the metabolic effects of estrogen in men and women. Let's go. All right. In the last episode, I noted that uh, women tend to have a higher percent body fat, higher fat mass, right? And they tend towards obesity more than men. And yet, men have more obesity-related metabolic dysfunction. So things like insulin resistance, diabetes, fatty liver, heart disease, and strokes. All right, and so we want to understand some of the health risks of hormonal imbalance in men, particularly with hypogonadism and so this is basically that the testes are not producing uh, enough sex hormones and also in androgen deprivation treatment this we often see with prostate cancer so one of the ways to treat prostate cancer is that we give medications that now um, get rid of the androgen effect in the body we've noted that those patients now become high risk for obesity and associated metabolic dysfunction. When we look at hypogonadal men, um, so they're not producing enough um, testosterone, you give them exogenous testosterone and you're going to reverse their fat gain, right? Because when they don't have enough testosterone, we note that, oh, they gain fat a lot more quickly, right? But then when you give the exogenous testosterone, we reverse the fat gain and we also improve metabolic function. So we have more insulin sensitivity, for example. Um, we see that if you give testosterone to uh, diabetic men. Now, the assumption then is that all of this is from the effects of testosterone and, you know, that's really the benefits of testosterone. But what we don't talk about is how actually testosterone isn't just static, right? It's dynamic and it can be converted via an enzyme into estrogen. Okay, the enzyme's name is aromatase, A-R-O-M-A-T-A-S-E. And this aromatase enzyme converts testosterone to 17-beta-estradiol. So that's just the main circulating estrogen in the body. And, you know, there are different types of estrogen. But when 
you hear me talk about estrogen, or sometimes I'll say estradiol, I'm actually referring to this 17 beta estradiol. I'm going to just focus on this particular form, which is the most active form in men and women. All right. And it turns out that, as I said, the testosterone is converted via aromatase enzyme to this active estrogen. And estrogen deficiency is really at heart of the metabolic risk seen when you have patients with physiologic or medication-induced hypogonadism, all right, when they don't have enough testosterone. Now, it's rare, but we do have people with congenital estrogen deficiency uh, who are men, all right? And this allows us to see how estrogen plays a role in men, also in women, in terms of weight, fatness, and glucose homeostasis. When we look at mice that have a genetic deletion of estrogen receptors or this aromatase enzyme, they actually have more pronounced obesity and more metabolic dysfunction than those mice with a deficiency of just androgen receptor signaling. Okay, so really we can see it's that estrogen that's having the effect. Because if you just deleted the androgen uh, receptor, you didn't get the same metabolic dysfunction. And there's a stronger effect of estrogen than testosterone in terms of suppressing fat in men. Now, in men, right, the testes make your testosterone. And 15% of circulating estradiol, all right, or estrogen. Now, the rest of the estrogen is made uh, through that aromatase enzyme acting in different tissues in your body. Um, when you have the estradiol, it works through different estrogen receptors, and we have the estrogen receptor alpha and estrogen receptor beta. And we also have another receptor that's called G-protein coupled estrogen receptor. All right. We don't need to focus on the name specifically. What I need you to know is that all three of these estrogen receptors are involved in weight regulation and fatness, both in men and also in women. Now, Sometimes people like to check the blood levels of hormones in their body. So, you know, they want to check in their male patients, for example, circulating levels of estrogen. But this is really not going to tell you anything about the tissue levels of estrogen. Remember I told you that your testes makes only 15% of the circulating estrogens, and the rest comes from different tissues in your body that have that aromatase enzyme. So really, we generally see a dissociation between blood levels of estrogen and tissue levels uh, in both men and women. That aromatase enzyme is expressed in many tissues, including the brain, including your fat tissue and skeletal muscles. And again, to emphasize, blood and tissue levels may not be the same. 
Also, there's another enzyme, and this one, we can think of it as um, an enzyme that inactivates the estrogen, and this is called estrogen sulfotransferase, or EST, all in caps, EST, all right? So EST just turns off the effects of estrogen. It inactivates and negates the effect of estrogen, and this also can impact the different um, estrogen expression in the tissues. So in obese men, we see that um, the circulating estrogen levels do seem to influence some of the stored levels in the tissue, but actually the conversion to bioactive forms of estrogen is regulated in the tissue, and that is why even in obese men, you can't rely on circulating levels. Now, if we look at um, models, animal models, where we have genetic um, you know, mutations, or, or even in, in human um, patients with genetic mutations in uh, the aromatase enzyme, or they don't have the estrogen receptor alpha for signaling, right? we see actually a deficiency in estrogen signaling in those patients. And what happens is that they have central adiposity, that's the apple-shaped kind of fatness. They have insulin resistance. They have fatty liver, right? And in those people with the aromatase deficiency, they don't have the enzyme, we can always give back the enzyme, right? And what happens? You actually reverse those conditions of metabolic dysfunction, right? So now they have aromatase deficiency, you give aromatase, now you reverse the insulin resistance, now you reverse the apple-shaped fatness, now you reverse the fatty liver. Giving back just testosterone to those patients did not do anything, okay? So it really was that they were, I mean, the effects, the metabolic effects were estrogen-based. Again, in uh, animal models, male and female mice that had estrogen receptor alpha deficiency had increased fatness, and this was increased the older the mice were. In fact, the older uh, mice had more than two times more white fat as the controls, okay, if they didn't have this estrogen receptor alpha, and that meant they didn't have any estrogen signaling. Now, that was with the estrogen receptor alpha. In male mice with global estrogen receptor beta deficiency, it's a different form of estrogen uh, receptor. It was really not a lot of difference uh, from the controls. There are slight differences with female mice, but you know, with the male mice, really the uh, beta estrogen receptor didn't make a whole deal of difference. Both in men and women, in male and female uh, animal models, it's really primarily that alpha um, isoform of the receptor that's important. And again, male mice with aromatase deficiency had hyperglycemia with hepatic or liver insulin resistance. They had more gluconeogenesis. If you gave them estradiol, gave them the estrogen back, right? they actually reversed all of those metabolic problems. Okay, 
Now we're going to move on to talk about central estrogen effects. And again, as usual, when I say central, I'm talking about the brain. So the central estrogen effects are really important in the regulation of metabolism, actually both in men and in women. I told you earlier that we have aromatase enzyme in the brain. In fact, it's richly expressed in the brain along with estrogen receptors. And primarily, we're going to see that estrogen receptor alpha form, right? And we see a lot of aromatase action and the estrogen receptor action, especially in the hypothalamus, which is a part of the brain that's very important for the regulation of appetite, energy expenditure, and reproductive behavior. Also, some people don't recognize that your brain actually makes estrogen. So we have de novo synthesis of estrogen in the brain, primarily by neurons and astrocytes, right? And again, we see that estrogen regulates body weight through central mechanisms through the brain in both men and women. In terms of the estrogen receptors, we see about the same amounts in both men and women in the brain. They may be a little bit more in the left hypothalamus in men, but generally, you know, it's about the same levels of expression of those estrogen receptors in the brain. So we're thinking that the effect of estrogen in the brain in both men and women are going to be quite similar. All right, there is an interaction between estrogen or estradiol and hormones such as leptin. Okay, leptin is a hormone that is made by fat cells. And obviously, the more fat you have, the more leptin you're going to have. Now, leptin actually suppresses appetite. So it is an anorexigen because it's a substance that, when it acts in the brain, suppresses feeding behavior, decreases appetite. We see that this anorexigen, um, effect of leptin is more prominent in women. And in fact, if we look at animal models, the male mice, for example, didn't have any, you know, uh, response in terms of food intake after they were administered leptin. So they kind of just ate the same even after leptin administration, whereas the female mice decrease feeding because of decreased appetite. But then when you look at mice that had had their testes removed, so orchidectomy, right? They had that procedure done, removed the testes, and now you gave them leptin. They had significant decrease in food intake if you had also administered estrogen subcutaneously prior, prior to giving the leptin, okay? So if you just removed the testes, gave an orchidectomy to the mice, and then just gave leptin, nothing really happened. But if before you gave the leptin, you administered subcutaneous estradiol, right? Now when you gave the leptin, 
there was that significant anorexigenic effect and they actually had decreased food intake. So we can see that estradiol, estrogen, regulates actually many pathways related to appetite and food intake. I didn't want to go into all of them because it can get pretty technical, but I thought a fun one to point out was um, how estradiol down-regulates the cannabinoid receptors in the hypothalamus, right? And so when you have activation of those cannabinoid receptors, you get hyperphagia, or in other words, you get the munchies, right? We all know about that. But when you have the effect of estradiol, it actually down-regulates those uh, cannabinoid receptors, and then there's actually less hyperphagia with, um, with the intake of cannabinoids. So I thought that was a fun one to mention. And there are many other pathways in the brain that are involved in feeding and in behavior that estrogen regulates. Now, if you look at male rats that had had, again, the testes removed, so they had orchidectomy, and now you gave them testosterone replacement, they had less anxiety and we also saw antidepressive effects of that testosterone replacement. But if at the same time that you give the testosterone, you also give an aromatase inhibitor, that means you're blocking the conversion of the testosterone to estrogen, right? So you give the testosterone, but you also give an aromatase inhibitor concurrently you didn't have the anti-anxiety effects. You didn't have the antidepressive effects. And in fact, we know that um, lower estradiol levels correlate with depression symptoms in older men and also men with obesity. So, you know, little thought-provoking there, but we can see that maybe uh, estrogen has an impact in terms of mood regulation as well. Let's now shift over to adipose tissue or fat tissue. So just like the brain, your fat tissue is enriched with aromatase enzyme and also the estrogen receptors, right? And again, like the brain, your fat has more of the estrogen receptor alpha expression than the beta version. And, you know, they're expressed uh, equally in both men and women. Now, what we have found is that uh, estrogen inhibits uh, lipoprotein lipase, which is an enzyme. And this enzyme actually hydrolyzes or breaks down um, fats from lipoproteins, right? And releases fatty acids for intake into the cell. So this lipoprotein lipase, or LPL, is helping you take fatty acids into the cell, to into the fat cell, to be stored. And estrogen actually inhibits its action. And in uh, female mice that didn't have this aromatase activity, we saw actually increase LPL activity because of decreased estrogen effect. Now this seems to be dose dependent because we can see that 
very high dose of estradiol is going to inhibit the LPL and prevent storage of fatty acids in the fat cell. But at lowest treatment doses, actually the estradiol increase LPL. So this is a dose-dependent effect. Now, what about in men? Well, we know in male mice that had had an orchidectomy, again, remove the testes. Now, with those mice, you just remove the testes and you're going to see, again, fat gain, right? Increased fatness, increased lipoprotein lipase expression, and also increase in the genes involved in making fat, all right? Increase in genes involved in lipogenesis. If you gave those um, animals testosterone back, then you're going to reverse those effects. If you give testosterone, you don't see the fat gain, right? You don't have the increase in the lipoprotein lipase and in the gene expression of those uh, enzymes that are involved in forming fat. But now, if you gave testosterone, but you also gave aromatase inhibitor. So you're giving testosterone, but you're giving something to prevent that testosterone from being converted to estrogen, right? So you just have an androgen effect. You just have testosterone effect, no estrogen effect. What you see is a halfway type of phenotype, meaning it's not as bad um, in terms of fat gain, for example, as the mice that had just had the testes removed and no replacement whatsoever. But it wasn't as good as the mice that had had the testes removed and then had the testosterone replaced. If you just gave the testosterone, then you reverse all the fat gain. But if you gave testosterone with aromatase inhibitor, you had less fat gain, but really um, it wasn't as impactful as just the full testosterone replacement, right? Which meant that the estrogen was having an impact. And we know that in humans, in the mature fat cell, both sexes showed um, that the estrogen had an impact in terms of genes that were involved in proliferation and differentiation, right? So. In a clinical study, we saw estrogen increase proliferation and differentiation in both male and female fat cells, a bit more in the female fat cells, but you did see the effect in both. Okay, remember that enzyme estrogen sulfotransferase or EST, remember that's the enzyme that inactivates estrogen. Okay. Well, in humans, we do have EST expression in your fat, right? And we see this particularly in the fat tissue of obese men and women and lean women, okay? Non-obese women, right? So you don't seem to see it in lean men. Now, when you have overexpression, a lot of this EST enzyme in human fat stem cells, we actually now see a lot of adipose differentiation and proliferation and increased lipogenic gene expression. So again, if you have overexpression of EST, you're inactivating a lot of the estradiol and now we have increased uh, differentiation of fat cells, 
increased gene expression involved in fat synthesis. And in fact, there is a correlation between the amount of fat tissue EST expression that you see and BMI, right? So the more of this EST in the fat tissue, the higher the BMI. Okay, let's briefly touch on uh, the metabolic effects, direct metabolic effects of estrogen. So both estrogen receptor alpha and also estrogen receptor beta, they actually regulate GLUT4 in muscle, skeletal muscle and fat uh, tissue of male mice. So if you remember, GLUT4 is the glucose transporter that is under the influence of insulin. And when you have insulin, it promotes uh, GLUT4 expression, right? Uh, so that the cell is now able to take in more glucose. Well, those two estrogen receptors, the alpha and the beta forms, regulate GLUT4 in those tissues. And it turns out that GLUT4 is upregulated, especially by estrogen receptor alpha. So we have increased glucose uptake now in muscle and in fat. So it's good in the sense that it helps bring the glucose into cells and it's not sticking around uh, at high levels in the bloodstream. But it's also going to impact greater fat tissue, right? Because you're taking that glucose into the fat and making more fat uh, as a result. The other thing that estrogen is involved in that doesn't, again, get talked about very much is immune modulation. So very important in the regulation of different cytokines from macrophages, for example. And these would be you know, chemicals like TNF-alpha, interleukin-1-beta, interleukin-6. These are cytokines and they are cell signals that are made uh, oftentimes by immune cells. And now they can have uh, effects on your metabolic state. So we know that, let's say, in mice that have that aromatase deficiency and therefore low levels of estrogen, we see high TNF-alpha. So a lot of this inflammatory cytokine TNF-alpha. But actually, paradoxically, in these same mice that have the aromatase deficiency, if you now knock out the TNF-alpha receptor in those mice, right? So you negate the TNF-alpha effect, right? The effects of the inflammatory cytokine. Paradoxically, you actually had increased liver fat and insulin resistance. So we're not quite clear what's happening. And, you know, when you talk about immune modulation, it's very complex and we're just beginning to tease out the different pieces. So we can see it does have an impact. We don't know um, all the different pathways yet. And that's something that we have to stay tuned for, right? Um, in female mice models that have myeloid-specific estrogen receptor alpha uh, deficiency. So this is a deficiency in that type of estrogen receptor 
just in the myeloid immune cells, okay, a particular lineage of immune cells, we're going to see increased fat masses with changes in different cytokine expression. And those fat cells become larger in size and they have more macrophage infiltration as well. Macrophages are just specialized immune cells, right? And so we see a lot more of these macrophages in the fat tissue when you have myeloid-specific estrogen receptor alpha deficiency, right? So again, we can see that there's really close links between estrogen signaling and immune, your immune system and immune cells. Okay, let's actually have a quick summary of what we've discussed so far. First, we start off by saying, okay, yes, women have more fat, but men have more metabolic dysfunction related to fat, okay? So even though there's just more fat mass in women, we see more metabolic dysfunction in men. Now, we've been focusing a lot in... Um, the medical world on testosterone, and we often miss the estrogen effect in men. As I said, testosterone is converted via the aromatase enzyme to 17-beta-estradiol, which is the active form of estrogen. And when you lose the ability to make estrogen from testosterone, or you have testosterone deficiency, which means now you don't have the starting block to even make the estrogen, you have a low estrogen state, right? So low testosterone equals low testosterone and estrogen state. And this is related to the metabolic dysfunction that we see the weight gain, the fat gain, uh, the insulin resistance, the fatty liver. Now your testicles make 15% of circulating estrogen, but the rest is now made in different tissues that express that aromatase enzyme. And it's very important to realize that your circulating estradiol levels may not have anything to do with the tissue levels and the effects on specific tissue. There are different receptors for estrogen. The main one we talked about is the estrogen receptor alpha. And yes, your brain makes estrogen. Those neurons and astrocytes make estro uh, estrogen. And I might do a whole episode on that. I find it fascinating. Um, maybe another time. If you're interested, let me know. But the brain makes estrogen and of course has a lot of aromatase activity, a lot of those estrogen receptors, particularly in the hypothalamus, which is a part of the brain involved in feeding and energy regulation and um, behavior, right? So crucial there. Now, fat also makes aromatase and has a lot of these estrogen receptors and estrogen actually inhibits fat cell proliferation and differentiation. So GLUT4, um, which is a glucose transporter, is under the influence of estrogen. We talked about how GLUT4 is upregulated by estrogen receptor alpha. And so we have increased intake of glucose into the cell, in the muscle, and in the fat. And that also means you have more fat storage, right? So there's good and there's bad. And the estrogen is important 
in cytokine regulation and affects the immune cells, such as those very important macrophages. The main, main thing to remember in a clinical setting is what I always tell people is, look, you, you know, when we look at obese men and we check circulating estradiol levels, we actually don't see an increase, okay? So it's not very impressive at all. And so I think that makes people disregard the estrogen effect. But really, relative estrogen excess might be the issue here. There is increased aromatase signaling in some of these people. And so there's increased estrogen signaling. And this is going to um, suppress centrally in the brain uh, some of these gonadotropins. These are substances that stimulate the sex organs to make sex hormones, right? So if you, so if you have a lot of circulating estrogen, you're going to suppress any um, production of sex hormones from the, the gonads, okay? And now you have um, hypogonadism, right? So you have low production of the sex hormones. And as you lose fat, you tend to normalize this ratio of sex uh, hormones. And we note that if you give testosterone, um, if, sorry, as, 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 animals lose fat, they increase the male, um, you know, animal models, they increase their testosterone levels, those gonadotropin levels also rise, and then concurrently the estradiol levels fall. So the other thing to think about, which um, again, we don't talk about very much is when you have excess estrogen expressed within a tissue, this actually can induce more of that aromatase activity from the aromatase enzyme, right? So you can think of it as actually a positive feedback loop because the more estrogen you make, then the more we're going to stimulate the aromatase activity to make more estrogen, right? And this will now lead to fat gain. And the other thing to think about too at the same time is when you have enhanced a lot of this aromatase activity, you have enhanced conversion of testosterone to estrogen. And now you actually have a relative androgen deficit here, okay? And that skews your ratio of sex hormones even more, okay? So there are many ways in which we cause more and more imbalance. Now, we note that with obese men, um, the use of aromatase inhibitors can decrease the circulating estradiol. It restores the testosterone to normal levels, but actually have shown no associated metabolic benefits. So people have thought, well, with obesity, let's just give aromatase inhibitors and that will shut down estrogen production and this will kind of increase the testosterone levels and you know, they should be all better. But we've actually seen no metabolic benefits with that kind of treatment. And this again speaks to how circulating levels of estradiol have very different effects from local autocrine or paracrine effects of estradiol in those tissues. Now, in clinical studies, when you give testosterone to men with low testosterone, you do see a decrease in the fat mass, 
but if you concurrently give the aromatase inhibitors, there's no change. There's no change. All right. So you can give all the testosterone you want. If you give it concurrently with aromatase inhibitor, you're not going to see a decrease in fat mass. Uh, there was another study where they suppressed in those people the endogenous sex hormone production, okay, just using medication and so forth. They are actually suppressing endogenous production of sex hormones. And then to one group, they gave back the testosterone, and the second group had either placebo or they had testosterone with the aromatase inhibitor, okay? And what they noted was that testosterone really significantly had a great impact on lean mass, right, on muscle, but really it was the estrogen that was the main factor involved in determining fat mass, okay? So when we talk about lean mass, yes, androgen effect, testosterone. When you talk about fat mass, you really needed the estrogen to be in charge there. We've seen over and over that in hypogonadal men, you can restore the androgen levels, but that actually doesn't correct infertility in those men. Okay? Now, oftentimes men with low testosterone, um, sometimes the approach has been to give estrogen receptor blockers such as clomiphene or to give an aromatase inhibitor. And the idea is here again to decrease the estrogen, restore the androgen levels so we get normal testosterone here. And sometimes people might also use the selective androgen receptor modulators, um, you know, that actually have androgen signaling in different tissues, specific tissue there. But this may not restore the estrogen signaling that is so important for metabolic benefits. And these men actually may well need uh, selective estrogen receptor modulators as well, okay? So that's something to think about. I think a population of men uh, for whom this is also really important would be men with prostate cancer. I think it affects about 2 million uh, men in the U.S. And 50% of that population uh, really is given androgen deprivation uh, treatment or therapy, right? And so we're actually going to try to shut down, um, you know, androgen production, and we produce what's called central hypogonadism in those patients. And as I said earlier in this episode, those patients are at very high risk for metabolic disease. And the main thing to remember is that actually, when you deprive them of androgens, you are depriving them both of androgens and estrogens, okay? They go together. If you're going to decrease testosterone, you are in effect decreasing both testosterone and estrogen. Now, in the early days of androgen deprivation therapy in those patients, they used to just give estradiol. They just used to give estrogen right? And maybe we should take a second look at that because, or at least when you do the androgen deprivation that we give back the estradiol to mitigate some of the metabolic risks associated with androgen deprivation, okay? So that's something to think about, particularly in that population. 
In the previous episode, when I talked about menopause and fat, you know, I noted that estrogen promotes more sub-Q fat, but after menopause, when you drop your estrogen levels, you're going to have more ectopic fat. You're going to have more fat in the organs, in the viscera, right? And the same thing happens for women, uh, for men because they're already at lower uh, estrogen levels. And then when they get to the poor, uh, the the period of menopause, M-A-N-O-P-A-U-S-E, and they have low testosterone levels. They also have low um, estrogen levels, and now they have more accumulation of the ectopic fat. So in both cases, really, treatment is the same. What can we do about it? We really have to optimize the body composition. The name of the game here, you have to decrease percent body fat get in charge of that, decrease that ectopic fat deposition, increase lean mass. And this means paying attention to nutrition and resistance training, decreasing inflammation, paying attention to things like sleep, and also, you know, getting rid of toxins like alcohol and smoking, right? So everything I said for the women also holds true for the men. And you know, in essence, if we're going to actually change things around and decrease um, the metabolic damage that's done when we have these hormonal changes in our body, decrease our risk for cardiometabolic disease, you're going to have to address all of those things. And it's a lot, and it's sometimes hard to do on your own and Uh, Many times people will start something, do it for a few weeks or even a few months, and then something happens and they drop off and then they go off track. So if you need help and you want something more structured, you want a guided plan to address all those things that I talked about, you know, optimizing your body comp and decreasing inflammation, then um, I designed a program to help both men and women with hormonal issues to optimize their metabolic health. If you're interested, you can go to my website, vivianlohmd.com, V-Y-V-Y-A-N-E-L-O-H-M-D.com. Go to the contact page, drop me a line, and be happy to help you out there. I've been working on this for years with my patients to try to get the best science, um, the best strategies to optimize metabolic health. So we have a lot of experience in that area. And the other thing you can do, you can join me at my live Q&A sessions. You can find that on the website as well. I put the dates up and you might have questions for me regarding your metabolic health, regarding your hormonal status, I'd be happy to answer those questions at the live Q&A session. Also, if you want me to do an episode on estrogen and the brain, let me know. I'd be happy to do that as well. Okay, I hope that was helpful to you. And uh, we're at the end of our episode. So signing out now from VLMD Rounds, I'm Dr. Vivian Lowe. And I sing the body electric. Bye.